0: There's no way I can fit in the shorts. I had (laughs) an elastic band for the for the waist. That's what's kept me going on these. Hello, I'm Mark. I'm Justin. We're the J Pops, and we are attempting parenting in Japan.
1: Welcome to episode 35. Today we're gonna give a few updates, and uh, we're gonna talk about baby toys oh justin how are you doing today
0: i'm a-okay uh settling into the new house life a little bit nice okay. i guess this segues right into my first update so i'll just go for it um nico's gonna be five months here in a couple of days as we're recording this he's a couple of days shy but when this episode comes out he'll be officially five months hmm. we've just moved into a new house we've been here for like a week and so we're getting some air conditioning units installed As is the way in Japan, every room has its own little mini split air conditioner. Mm -hmm. So one of those rooms is Nico's room, our son. And we thought, you know, as long as we've got this old trashy air conditioner that needs to be taken down anyway, let's go ahead and remodel his room a little bit, or I guess redecorate, maybe somewhere between redecorating and remodeling. Mm -hmm. And that's what I've been working on. So. Our house is still half like in boxes, and just wildly disorganized because we got in, moved everything in and then immediately jumped into like stripping wallpaper and, um, mm. and like, you know, applying putty to drywall, like at that level sort of a thing. So, um, yeah, very busy with that. But we're yes. knee deep in a in a redecorating project now.
1: You were telling me before you're going to do a uh, like a chalk wall. In his room, right? Yes, sir, we are. Uh, We
0: thought, you know, let's do something a little cool, a little fun. And then the chalkboard wall is, um, you know, it's a type of paint you can buy. So we thought that'll be kind of interesting. And maybe it'll be good as he gets older as well, because he could always use it, you know, if his desk is there and then like take some notes down or, you know, even as you get older. When I was a teenager, I think I had like a little whiteboard in my room and I would just write stuff on it. So Mm
1: -hmm. uh, it should have some long term benefits. Yeah, I've been really interested in making one of those for Coda as well, Yeah, but didn't get to it when we made our house, so I'm curious how yours is going to turn out. Yeah, it
0: should be okay. The only fears, and I've looked into it a little bit, but a few things to keep in mind if you decide to do a chalkboard wall is you want to have a wall that's um, not next to like the bed, for example. Like if you only have one spot in the room where the bed can actually fit, then don't make that your chalkboard wall because all of the dust is going to collect in the bed clothes. Uh, You would want to have it ideally more on the side of the room that could be like a open floor space kind of play area, maybe next to a little like play rug or carpet or something that you could easily vacuum and clean up. Hmm. Um, And the other thing is to not be afraid of the chalkboard wall because it's not like in school. In the old days, when somebody's writing on the chalkboard for hours a day, you know it'll just be here and there. So it's not going to be like constant stream of chalky dust all the time. Uh, right. It's probably just like maybe his friends come over and they draw on the wall and it's fun, and it's then it won't be drawn on again for several weeks or whatever so it's uh maybe don't get overwhelmed by the school image of constantly like clapping erasers and everything
1: yeah i never i hadn't actually thought about that or like the fingernails on the chalkboard thing yeah
0: Ooh, that's a good question does it do do the fingernails on chalkboard paint work as the same uh work the same yeah it can't work that way huh i don't think so (laughs) yeah chalkboard (laughs) is like some kind of slate or something yeah that must be it but uh The other thing we were thinking about is like, do you want to do a whole wall, like a whole ass wall of a room as chalkboard? But uh, it seems a little bit like overkill. But then we thought like, well, what's the other way to do it? Um, You could just do a little rectangle of the wall. But at that point, I thought, why not just buy a chalkboard and put it on the wall? It would be much more functional and you could move it if you wanted or get rid of it. Um, So it doesn't it didn't make sense to me to just paint a little rectangle Mm. on the wall. And then I saw some examples where somebody would run a board down the middle of the wall horizontally, like what might be used at the top of wainscoting or like at the top of a board and batten or something. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then maybe you paint just the lower half of the room or the lower half of that wall in chalkboard, which is good for tiny children, but then it's not as useful when the kid grows up. Or you only paint the upper half, but then that's no good for tiny children. So I thought, like, dividing the wall is not really great. So we just thought, let's just make it an accent wall, do the whole damn thing, and just mm. that'll be a chalkboard wall, and then the other walls will just be, like, uh, kind of a sky blue or something.
1: Yeah, that'll look pretty good. Is it? Like, yeah. It's not the standard, like, chalkboard green wall. Or are you going to do more of, like, a black?
0: Yeah, we... Tried to, we didn't want to go black because it seems a bit heavy. Um, and then it seemed difficult to paint over in the future, perhaps. It'll
1: work well when
0: he reaches his emo phase, yeah. When he gets moody and emo, he's already got emo hair, it's very long, and he sweeps his bangs across his forehead. Um, so he's halfway to emo. We got to prepare for that. But we thought black is a little bit heavy and then hard to paint over, so we Hmm. entertained the idea of the green and we were about to order the classic green. But then we thought there's just a chance that like that green doesn't look the same as you think it's going to look. And then if you've chosen your paint for the other three walls and then it clashes a bit and we thought, let's just play it safe. So we went for like a medium kind of charcoal gray color.
1: Oh, that sounds nice.
0: Yeah. Charcoal might even be a bit too dark, but it's, it's between like a gray and a black somewhere in there.
1: Hmm. And,
0: uh, and then, you know, over time, if it gets a lot of pictures on it, it should brighten up and, even gets a bit of chalk dust it should lighten as well yeah it sounds good hopefully it's it's okay i'm more worried about the like patching of the wall and the painting and all that stuff because it right. could just be a wreck because my uh like diy skills are not up to par so
1: that's what i'm concerned with right now i wouldn't worry too much about that especially on a chalkboard wall you can just you can just like start his first thing over all the lines that you messed up (laughs) that's
0: a good idea you can turn those messed up lines into a portrait of something that's messed up portrait of a messed up wall that'll be the title of his room (laughs) so anyway i'm under the gun to get all that stuff done it's a lot of like doing a little patch waiting for it to dry you know, fixing it up a bit, then primer, waiting for that to dry. And we've got air conditioners coming pretty soon. So I've got to get this stuff knocked out.
1: Nice. I don't envy your puttying task right now. Good luck. Yeah,
0: I've got some under the gun uh, DIY going on, and that's the worst kind. Especially when it comes to puttying.
1: Oh, man, that's terrible.
0: Yeah, yeah. You just want to take your time about it and, you know, do a bit, let it dry, and then come back Mm. the next day and figure it out.
1: How about you guys? What's the updates? Um, we did uh, vaccines this week, and we had a 100-day photo shoot just today, actually. Mm. The vaccines were a couple of days ago, and it was his three-month vaccine. So he had four shots and one drink. So he got Ooh. something in each arm and each leg, and he was not happy at all. I don't know if you saw the video, but it was pretty I much saw- crying the entire time.
0: <laughs> yeah i saw that there was a video and i didn't watch it because it seemed
1: too heartbreaking so i bypassed that heartbreaking yeah. oh man you just feel so bad like <laughs> in the beginning of the video he's so like peaceful and calm and he mm-hmm. kind of like even like looks up at the doctor like oh hey how's it going yeah. and then the <laughs> doctor just jams him and you just see this change on his face like you oh. son of a bitch <laughs> yeah <laughs> i just felt terrible Although yeah. I was still recording the video. So yeah,
0: <laughs> they're so like trusting and innocent and then somebody's coming at him with a needle and it's, yep. that's really heartbreaking when the kid's just so positive and so innocent <laughs> and you know, the pain that's coming.
1: Yeah. But it was good. He's, he got over it a lot better than the first round of vaccinations he did. So I think mm. either he's toughening up or he's forgetting things faster. I don't know which, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. One positive that I've noticed is that um, the the kid has no visible reaction like over the next day or two or three to the vaccine. Yeah, Um, We talked about this once before, but everybody's fresh off like a few coronavirus vaccines in the last couple of years. And you've got the arm pain or you feel like you have a fever for a few days, you feel sick or wiped out or whatever. There is not an ounce of that in the kids with their childhood vaccines, like No. no extra fussiness, nothing at all. Not even like tenderness around the side of the injection, which really blows my mind.
1: Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I expected something at least like later that day, but no, totally fine.
0: I was, you know, you carry your kid when you hold him and you've got like a hand on his leg or however mm. you hold your kid. But when he gets four shots, he's basically got four spots and you can't avoid touching them. So I was uh, being really delicate with him at first. And then I realized he's not reacting to me touching his injection sites at all. So right. I just thought, oh, well, whatever. And you can just manhandle them. It's no big deal. Yeah, that's true.
1: Yeah, I guess the other thing is the 100 days photo shoot that, uh, that we did. You guys mm-hmm. didn't do a photo shoot on your 100 days, right?
0: No, we uh, went to a temple and also hired a cameraman to show up at the temple. Right. So, okay. he, yeah, we didn't go to a studio, but he walked around the grounds with us and we took some photos.
1: Yeah, we went to like an actual studio and it's a real weird experience. Mm-hmm. Like they give you these options of like clothing to put him in and like the clothing options are kind of limited, especially for like his size and like gender. They seem to have a lot more girl stuff. But mm-hmm. for boys, it was just like a selection of like maybe four different outfits that he could do. Mm-hmm. And so you you kind of choose the the best one that you think will work mm. when we got in there it goes by pretty quick and then you get him changed and then they start doing the shoot. We had three ladies around us. One of the ladies that was on the camera and then two others were basically there just to get his attention and try to get him smiling. Mm. Man, it's a lot of work. (laughs) those Those two are running all over the place. Like they're grabbing little like fans waving it in front of him. One of them has like a tambourine. They're like, banging on and even moe was in the back like she's running around trying to like get his attention and get him to smile so you do this like three different outfits and so you get a bunch of pictures go change him bring him back get a bunch of pictures go change him bring him back and it's like maybe like 30 to 45 minutes of just straight like stimuli at this child's face, like the whole time to try to get him to like smile and look at the camera and do all this and he's like three months old so it's like Man, that's a lot of work for that little guy.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's funny, too, because I think when a kid is happiest at that age, it's like they've just eaten some milk. You know, they've had their milk, they're full, and then they chill out and they relax and they're happy. So they might also just fall straight asleep, which is not good for the photos. Yeah. Everything is about small doses with the kid. And if you try and keep them happy for a 45-minute stretch, it's going to be tough.
1: It It was a good experience, though. I think you did all right. That's good. Good pictures out of it. Those places are pretty expensive though. Mm. Like they don't tell you the prices up front. We had a, like a, it was like a coupon that mm-hmm. gave you like a free book and like one free picture and mm-hmm. like one outfit change. I think it was. Mm. And it, it says the equivalent is like, Ichimon gosen, so 15,000 yen. Mm -hmm. But then you get to the end and they're like, they pull out this package of stuff and like the cheapest package is 45,000 yen. Mm. Even like one picture, getting like a small, like normal size picture printed is like 2,000 yen. Mm -hmm. And like, we were just like trying to figure out a way to like try to get the data out of there. But I guess like their only option was a CD. And we're like, well, we don't (laughs) have a CD player on any of our computers (laughs) in the house like can we get a usb or something they're like in three weeks you can get a line invite and then get the photos on your phone wow in three weeks in three weeks so i guess there's like an upload phase and then like a storage period where you can access them but Ugh. I just thought it was really weird, like there's no USB option.
0: That's pretty amazing. And it is one of those things where um, Japan is often known as um, – it's kind of like in Japanese slang or whatever. You know, the old-style cell phone is called Garake. And it, the Gara comes from Galapagos. And uh, <laughs> "ke" is Keitai, which is cell phone. So you have a Galapagos cell phone. And it's the old flip phone, right? Like a non-smartphone yeah. is called Garake. And it's because it's like that phone – missed an evolutionary progression or something <laughs> like a Galapagos turtle or finch or whatever. Like it's had its own special little bit of evolution isolated from the rest of the world. And right. Japan uses that got prefix on a lot of stuff. And it does apply in many ways in Japan. Like I would say that photo system is a very got system because it's like, Oh yeah, you can get a CD. And meanwhile, like, I don't know, like <laughs> Apple computers stopped having CD drives like a decade ago. And, uh, but that's their number one go-to there's, yeah, there's a lot of examples of that in Japanese society. Um, Mm -hmm. my wife who works in the cruise industry was talking about how Japan has like kind of a got like cruise system because, um, they can have just Japanese ships that just cater to Japanese clientele and go just around Japan. So then those ships don't really have to keep up to date with what, the you know cruise ships are doing to draw customers all over the rest of the world. So um, yeah, there's uh, a big got culture for sure. Back to the the photos though. Um, with us, we had a photographer come around, and then uh, I guess the deal from the outset was he's going to take several hundred photos, and then after he snapped all those photos, he said, "So I can send you all of those." as data or i can just sift through them and pick out what i think are about the 50 best and send you those and we'll just Mm. do a flat rate for that so we didn't actually get anything printed no package no costumes from him he just sort of showed up and he was really pretty professional and good and then he just um sent us a link like maybe a day or two later and it was Mm. all the files but he was maybe independent, and I yeah. guess when you're uh, just an independent guy, you can take advantage of the tech. And you don't have to do it at, like, a company level or something.
1: Yeah, I think especially, like, these photo studios, they have people go there with the expectation they're going to get these kind of whole sets where they get the mm-hmm. book made with, like, 50 different pictures that they took and, like, 10 mm-hmm. different outfits, and they just do the whole thing, so... I think there's an assumption of that in those kinds of places.
0: Yeah. Uh, one final thing, uh, last thought here that I had about the, this photo opportunity. This is a very Japanese thing, right? It's the 100-day ceremony. Right. Um, 100 days is obviously not important for in, the, in a Western country for a baby anyway. Um, there's obviously no, like, pageantry associated with 100 days in the West, and there's no yeah. ceremony. So then you don't have a concept of it if you come to it as a foreigner, You don't really know what the expectation should be and you don't have any hopes pinned to it, you know, so then I feel like it's hard for us to make decisions about that sort of thing. So that's a really good one, at least from my perspective, to pull myself out of almost totally and then realize that it's more about fulfilling the wish of the Japanese side of the family to get that thing done. So um, maybe I just had less decisions to make because I was pretty much out of the loop on the hundred days stuff, but. It would be like someone who had never experienced Christmas. And you're like, well, what do you want for Christmas dinner? And they're like, Mm -hmm. burritos? I don't know. Like, they have no concept of, you know, what the thing is. So um, I was happy just to let it all go. And a lot of things come into it. There's like a white bonnet that my son wore and a very, like, flowing white gown. Oh, Really? yeah. I don't know if Koda he didn't go with any of his, in his no, dress no,
1: like a traditional Japanese, like, do you call it a kimono? Uh, it's a good question. I think so. I think so. It? Yeah. It's like a kid's version shrunk down kimono then for, for Oh yeah. It's like the very like elaborate designs on the, mm-hmm. on the jacket and nice colors, mm-hmm. very vivid.
0: You know, from our side, we had a kind of kimono material looking thing, but it was a wrap that goes around a woman and the baby. Uh, So the woman holds the baby, and then there's this like long kimono-y fabric that sort of ties off around both of them together. Uh, So highly specialized item, like a wear-once sort of a thing just for a photo shoot. Uh, And my wife wore it like holding the baby in all of his white clothes and bonnet, and then she gets wrapped up in a kimono in the summer, mind you. And then (laughs) uh, eventually all that transferred to the grandmother, and she held him, and then she also got wrapped in the same kimono sash or whatever it was hmm. uh, so all of this stuff is way way outside my area of expertise and yeah. i was glad that they got to do it and sort of take care of it
1: yeah yeah i was kind of i didn't have a preference one way or another about it but moe was pretty interested to do it because i don't think she ever did it as a kid so it's just kind of one of those things she wanted to have code. Mm-hmm to experience that and have the pictures. And and I think it's a good idea too. So, yeah.
0: Do you think in the future, this is a very early, my question for you is it's not official. Mm -hmm. This is off the books, (laughs) but it was like Norm Macdonald, I think once said that in the old days, like in the previous couple of generations, everybody had like three pictures of themselves, you know, and (laughs) now you have thousands and thousands and thousands of pictures of yourself that are much higher quality. Mm -hmm. And, uh, So do you think like the importance of these photos will diminish over time? Because that did cross my mind. Like every time we contact a photo studio, it's like in the back of my mind, I'm like, as opposed to the thousand photos we've already taken of this. And I know the professional ones are theoretically better. But if you take a thousand, you might have like three frameable shots in there. You've got your photos. But I wonder if photos like professionally Mm -hmm. taken photos are eventually going to die away.
1: Yeah, it it does seem like it. I mean, phones themselves can almost take as, as good a quality either video or picture as a lot of dslrs now so yeah i think a lot of people are just kind of opting for a phone rather than any kind of camera in general whereas you yeah. used to go out <clears throat> i remember getting like my dad had a nice film camera and mm-hmm. that was his like all right we're going somewhere i'm grabbing the nice camera yeah but now it's just like all right well somebody's got a phone yeah so i think it will take away from that a bit
0: yeah it's Nice to have somebody who can eye things up and just have the ideas for like, these are the types of photos we do at a wedding, or these are the types of photos we do that, you know, look festive and whatnot. So those people will always have that skill. But um, it always seems like in every family, there's somebody who's good at taking photos. And then you'll just ask that person, you know, or the technology of the camera gets so good that it just, Mm. oh, Going to auto focus this to make it gorgeous and balance the colors and that sort of thing. Yeah. So watch your
1: backs, photographers. Your days are numbered. Well, that's it for me. Do you have any other updates?
0: No, I'm good. I think we can dive into baby toys and over uh... to
1: the house of segments.
0: Oh wow, house segments, first of its name.
1: <laughs> yeah, let's do that. <laughs> A lot of what i saw in the three to six month range was geared towards like high contrasts like something that can be chewed on or easily grabbed or stuff that's like helps with dexterity
0: yeah all very valuable it's like they're in an educational toy zone, but it's not education like ABCs, one, two, threes. It's education like how to see and how to use your hand and that sort yeah. of thing. A lot of the toys are are geared that way. I am basing this all on my personal experience uh, with the toys that we have around the house and what I've noticed. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got a five-month-old now, just a fresh five-month-old. And what I've noticed is like the first two months, toys were an absolute wash. Like, there's right. no almost no purpose. And even in the book, like the, um, you know, sort of child advice books and stuff, they say, Oh yeah, you can put a rattle in your baby's hand at one month or two months. And the baby might hold on to it for a minute, you know, but the baby's not playing with that rattle. It's just the hand is closing on the rattle and the baby seems unaware. And maybe the baby makes a connection of, I moved my arm and a sound happened or something, but I don't Mm -hmm. even know if that's like, really a firm connection that the kid's making. So for the first couple of months, (laughs) yeah, um, for the first couple of months, even a mobile or whatever, like my kid wouldn't really pay attention to it. But then uh, with a little bit of awareness, uh, I think the kid started to be receptive to, you know, something that flashes or something like a big stuffed animal that's cute. And also if it plays music or makes a sound or something, the kid can focus on it. It's kind of passive. Mm. The kid can focus on it. And that leads to my first recommendation here. It's the Fisher-Price Laugh and Learn Smart Stages Puppy.
1: Oh, right. The little dog toy he's got, right?
0: Yeah, it's a little, I'd say like a medium-sized stuffed animal. And if you Hmm. touch... Uh, buttons in the e- either of the hands or the feet or the ear, maybe also at the heart. Uh, it plays different songs and says different things and then you can set it by level, level one, two or three depending on where the kid is kind of developmentally um, hmm. it, or in terms of age And the things that the dog says or the songs that it sings get more complicated as you raise the levels. So Hmm. basically the kid can focus on nouns like you touch its hand and it says hand in the beginning, you know, as easy as it gets. But then when the kid's one or one and a half, you crank it up to levels two and three and there will be more full sentences and the songs will be more complicated and that kind of thing. So
1: and this is all in English.
0: Uh yeah, this one's in English. I don't I assume you could buy it online here in Japan. We got it as a gift from our friends who were in from Australia. So nice. maybe they bought it in Australia and brought it with them. I assume that's what happened. As soon as we got it and took photos of it, then uh both of my sisters who each have young kids said, "Oh yeah, my kid has that too." So hmm. this in the western world, I guess this specific dog toy is like very Dog toys, maybe not the right phrase, but the specific uh, laugh and learn smart stages puppy seems to be very popular.
1: That's all right. Every time I think of like a teeing toy, I call it a chew toy. That's and true. I'm like, so, no, yeah, no, it's not a chew toy. Yeah,
0: yeah, I do exactly the same thing. But the crazy thing about this puppy is that my son will sometimes you'll notice that Nico's looking over at the puppy and just laughing. And it's not turned on. It's not singing or making any sounds or lighting up at all. But he just sees it and thinks of the good times. Nice. And he just laughs. He just sits there and cracks up seeing the dog. Nice. So um, it's yeah, holding his attention. And then also, here's the big hack. If you push the heart button and hold it down, it plays all of its songs one after the last, you know? Wow. So then you get like a five or, I don't know seven minute span of just mm. kids songs and the heart like flashing lights and stuff. And the baby will stare at that and enjoy it the whole time. Nice. So if you need a quick, you know, five minutes away, 10 minutes away, you can push the heart button and, and get that entertainment time. And it, I feel like it's better than sitting in front of the television or something.
1: When did you notice he really started interacting with that? Um,
0: he loved that puppy from the beginning whenever he got it, which was, I think somewhere in the three month range Hmm. uh and now in the five month range she still really likes that toy so nice. uh i think it's a good one and the family that gave it to us they have a two-year-old and it was her favorite toy as well so i think for at least the first couple of years the kids really like it and you know nice. can imitate the songs even as they get older
1: that's good uh my recommendation for a toy it's called an O-ball. i don't know if you've heard yes. of this it's a round, super soft plastic ball made of basically circles all stuck together that mm. are really easy for kids to grab. And Coda will just hold onto this thing and jam it in his face like <laughs> nothing else, trying to chew on this thing. Yeah. And I found this to be like kind of the best toy because it's so soft. He can just kind of throw it in his own face a couple times and it doesn't hurt him at all. Mm. It's more like he gets frustrated sometimes because he can't chew it the way that he wants to. So you yeah. can see him really trying to get his mouth around some of these things and then just getting kind of pissed at it. Yeah. I mean, sometimes he'll, like, get too fussy. But most of the time, it's like him trying to figure it out. So I think it's a really good early learning toy. Mm-hmm.
0: We uh, saw pictures of your O-Ball and That set us to Mercari to get an O ball of our own, Oh, nice! uh, which I think was the first thing delivered to us at this new house. We got a little O ball in the mail. The one we have is all blue and it has little rattlers built into some of the O's like three of the O's have a little plastic piece with uh, little beads inside that rattle. And as you said, it's like so easy to grasp because it's like a ball made of mesh or something like a very, you know, mesh with massive. Uh, circles in it and it's like a skeleton of a ball or something so mm. uh it's easy for a baby to hook their hands into it and nico exactly the same way if he gets hands hooked into both sides of it he'll slam it into his face and try to <laughs> chew on it but it's still a ball and it's circular and he it's too big and he can't like yeah. shove it in his mouth so He would just be pressing it into his face and going like Aah! ah ah <laughs> like just very frustrated that he can't chew on it But uh, I think that's what keeps him invested.
1: I wasn't sure about the rattles, if they would hurt, because I I noticed I didn't want to get him that one at first, because I thought he might slam it into his face too much. Yeah. (laughs) And the rattles might actually hurt, but...
0: Yeah, they must hurt more than no rattles, but they're at least uh, light enough, and yeah, they're like connected to the rest of the O-Ball, which is really squishy, so they must Hmm. give way pretty easy. Uh, okay. No real complaints about the rattles from him anyway that I've noticed. Okay. So the O-Ball is a massive winner also because it's a ball. So like a lot of other toys with handles, the kid could maybe grab the handle, but then you still have to orient the toy in the right direction to do whatever right. you need to do with it. And a kid can't do that at even yeah. five months, you know? So uh, this is kind of leading me to another one that we have, which is a teething ring. And it's kind of shaped like a butterfly with, mm. um, like, you know, four little wings that are all in like kind of the same plane. And uh, each of the wings is, you know, grabbable. And then some of them are meant to be chewed on. But that means you have to grab a wing on one side, grab a wing on the other side, and then perfectly line up the chewing part and get it into your mouth. And the kid's just not really capable of it. So usually he'll grab two of the wings and then just slam the whole toy into his face. (laughs) And he can't really chew on anything. So if you set it up and put the right part in his mouth and put his hands on it, he can do it. So mm-hmm. maybe down the line, and it is a teething ring, which uh, teething will happen, you know, on from the, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh month. So it'll be useful after he's gained some dexterity. Yeah, but at least in the beginning stages, it's a bit harder to use, though he can use it. So that's good. But the o ball is just grab it anywhere shove it into your face and you're doing it, buddy. So it feels more satisfying to see him play with it.
1: We have a similar teething ring, but it's got like a metal piece that swivels around like a circular teething part. And the metal Mm -hmm. piece is covered with this really thick like rubber Mm -hmm. and it's kind of ridged so it, it has some texture to it. And mm-hmm. that's actually the part that you're suppo- the kid's supposed to chew on. But the way it's set up, like, it's really hard for him. Like you were saying, like, it's hard to grasp and, like, figure out how to get that in his mouth. Like, mm-hmm. if I sit there and hold it and let him chew on it, like, Coda's happy. He's chewing on that thing all day. But as soon as I try to get his hands on there and do it himself, he's, like, pushing too far. And this thing's, like, going up his forehead. And he's, like, yeah. getting nowhere near his mouth.
0: Yeah. It's like... um. It's kind of like how you would put a coin into a vending machine or something like the coin has to be perfectly lined up and has to get in the slot. And then imagine a baby doing it. They would just open palm, slap the side of the vending (laughs) machine. You know, it's like, that's very unlikely that they're going to get that coin right in the slot. So the teething ring always has a little area that has to be perfectly oriented. And that's just too hard for anybody under five months. So, uh, teething rings are, they're good, uh, but maybe for a bit, Later, say towards six months or so, Uh, O-Ball is good. Uh, Something that our son has gotten way into recently is his bouncer. He's finally learned how to kick his legs and get his own bounce on pretty reliably. Mm -hmm. And we have a kind of rack of toys that go, you know, like at hand level for him across the bouncer. So you put Mm -hmm. him in the bouncer and then you clip on this. uh, It's like a heavy black... Wire with these spinning toys on it. So he reaches up and grabs the mm. toy and spins it. Nice. And now he's got enough hand control. Say, like at four and a half months to five months, he's just really appreciating those toys and grabbing them and spinning them and sliding them around. So, uh, not only has he gained the the leg control to do the bouncing, but now he's got the hand control to play with the toys. So that fourth month was really the sweet spot for him enjoying bouncer life. And now he'll be content in the bouncer for quite a long time.
1: Oh, that's good. Yeah, he's gotten into it. Yeah, Coda still loves his bouncer. He's just starting to kick enough to actually move himself, mm-hmm. but still not enough that It's like when I bounce him. Yeah.
0: And I noticed Nico would use the bouncer kind of by accident. You know, he would get excited about something and move, but I don't think he put it together. Uh, But now Mm. he's definitely done the math and he's realized, oh, okay, kick both feet. You get a nice little bounce on. And (laughs) he seems to enjoy it.
1: One thing that I wanted to mention, I think for Coda it's been great, is his mobile. Oh, yeah. I kind of loosely call this one a toy because he doesn't get much interaction with it like physically Mm -hmm. but he loves talking to this thing oh yeah like we'll lay him in the playpen and then we have it kind of over the sleeping area of the playpen and it's got three little high contrast characters on it that when you turn it on have a song and they spin around in a circle and coda will sit there for you know however long he's awake sometimes and just like hang out talk to those things look at them as they're going around it's like it's like one of his favorite things to do.
0: Yeah, that's good. Uh, I know Nico disregarded the mobile for a few months, a couple months at least, and then he did start to pay attention to it. Say at three months, he would watch the mobile and be entertained by it. You guys have a much higher order mobile than what we have. Ours just came with the the crib, and you twist, oh. you crank you it. It's mechanical. And it plays a song and goes for about three minutes, four minutes or something. But you guys have like a 15 minute thing with lots of different songs, right? And all kinds of crazy stuff.
1: Yeah, it goes through the same cycle of songs, but it's 15 minutes and it's got the characters are much better designed than the one that came with the playpen for sure. Yeah, that may have
0: held us back a little bit. Sometimes I wonder about the like the quality of the toy. Like if you have a better one, maybe it does hold your kid's attention longer just with a few simple tweaks on the features. And if Mm -hmm. you don't have it, then that whole toy is kind of useless to you. But if you do have it, then it could be a great one. Yeah, I think so.
1: Uh, Another toy I wanted to mention was a uh, this is kind of like a tummy time toy, Mm -hmm. but it's like a foldable triangle mirror with like crinkle stuff on it. Mm hmm. And so it's used when you're like putting your kid on tummy time and then their head's up and they're kind of looking straight at it. It gives them something to kind of interact with, like the mirror, so they can see themselves. And then if they can reach out and touch it, like it'll have some texture to it or it'll make some sounds. And I found that Coda, he hasn't been able to really like reach out and touch it yet. But when I put it in front of him, the mirror part really like seems to entertain him.
0: Mm. They say in the in what to expect the first year classic book uh, they do say like kids will be mesmerized by mirrors long before they realize that they're looking at themselves it's Mm. just something that's always like subtly moving and that they you know they like to see faces and they're seeing a face in the mirror so it uh, checks all the boxes for them yeah we we haven't put a mirror anywhere near the the playpen or the uh, crib or anything so Mm. uh, sorry Nico rather not Coda but Nico (laughs) hasn't had a lot of mirror time uh, usually, if I'm carrying him around the house, I'll stop in front of a mirror and let him check himself out. But he hasn't had a lot of one-on-one mirror time. Seems Ooh. useful, though.
1: Yeah, I think Coda really likes it. We have one on his, uh, it's called like an activity gym. It's mm-hmm. the floor mat with like a bunch of toys that go over top of it. And like, there's some songs that play on it. But on top of that, there's also a mirror. And he loves staring. That. yeah
0: the mirror sounds like a, an easy one they always say get a baby appropriate mirror that has like soft edges and that's mostly yeah. a plastic yeah. rather than just putting your old broken compact mirror in the baby's bed especially the broken one yeah probably the broken one's not great
1: uh, but that's all i had ready to move on yeah
0: all this toy talk uh puts me in mind of a my question for you is so let's do that okay. My question for you is: Do you have a specific baby budget in your mind? And this is in terms of the um, like non necessities, because it's unlimited in terms of toys, and you know you can get this type of chair, that type of chair, the third type of chair, the fourth type of chair. They all do something slightly different, and mm. um, there's mm. all kinds of features and options. And then your kid only needs something for a couple months before he's grown out of it anyway. So. Uh, do you just buy whatever you want whenever you see it? Or do you have a uh, kind of a, a budget in mind of what you want to spend entertaining your baby?
1: Hmm. <laughs> if you were to ask Moe this, she would say, I just buy whatever I want whenever I want.
0: <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> she would say um, that about you.
1: She would say that about me. <laughs> okay. And I might be inclined to agree with that. I don't. I don't think I have a budget. I don't go out just buying everything I can Mm -hmm. but I think the way I grew up was always like I didn't have a lot of stuff and you know you always see people like friends and whatnot with things that not necessarily that you always wanted but just like you thought were cool or your parents never got you or whatever Mm -hmm. and I don't really want Coda to grow up thinking that Uh and so my mind is always like get in like the essential stuff as much as I can to make sure he feels like He's not kind of missing out, mm-hmm. and so no budget, but no, not a free for all either.
0: Yeah, you just kind of approach it reasonably, and then yeah, but you lean on the side of buying the stuff, I
1: guess. Yeah, yeah, for the most part.
0: My um my stepmom asked me once uh, when my wife was pregnant, and we were you know gathering some necessities for the baby putting them in the room there, she said, what's the theme of the baby room? And I said, right now the theme is whatever we can get for free. And (laughs) there's just a pile of stuff we found on Facebook Marketplace or somebody's clearing out their garage and they had their old baby stuff in there. And we would just scavenge all that stuff. And as I mentioned earlier, it's like we see something we like and we're like, oh, I bet that's all over Mercari. And then we're on Mercari, which is the Mm. used goods app and you get massive discounts and everything. Uh, Even when we went to the high end baby store in Osaka, in a like swanky shopping mall near Osaka station, Mm. there's like half of a floor of the shopping mall is just baby stuff. And everything I saw, like I went in primed to buy stuff. I thought this is like a field day, you know, like all the best and coolest baby stuff and everything I saw, I was like, oh, $200? Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. That has to be on Mercari for under 100 bucks. Yeah, and so sure. I, I just went through cataloging what all I could source somewhere else used. And mm. that's just how I'm kind of set in my mind. I even prefer used stuff because I just feel like I'm wasting if I get it new. Uh, mm. That also runs into, though, sometimes you want it used and it's not available used. And in that situation, I give up the dream i'm like mm. well i didn't want it that bad anyway and i just forget about it and move on to the next thing so that's been my tack with the baby as well is just kind of um also like your friends might give you some blocks or something like it's inexpensive but all right. kids have them and then you feel like well that's a nice toy that's useful and fun for a long long time yeah. that's good and then i'm not gonna worry about the you know snazzier toy that might be a bit better but uh at least we've got some cool stuff here that I think is fun to play with.
1: Yeah, I should say like I don't need to go out and buy him like name brand stuff or like the best of the best thing. Like I'm kind of I think halfway between you and like just going to the store and buying something like I just mm-hmm. want him to have like a good thing that yeah. is useful. And it, it doesn't have to be like, you know, he doesn't have to have Air Jordans like yeah. that kind of level. But I also don't want him to have like Air Mordens you know, like, yeah. like completely knockoff ones. <laughs> yeah. So somewhere in between there.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's going to be the needle to thread for, I guess the kid's whole life. Cause the kid will yeah. see the commercial or see his friend have something cool and just want it. And yeah. then that's a hundred bucks or 200 bucks or whatever out of your pocket every time. So you'll have to always negotiate that, uh, try to compromise somehow or just buy him the good stuff or never buy him the good stuff. It's like, Such a tightrope to walk, I feel like.
1: I think it's going to evolve as the kid gets older, too. Like, you don't want to just start buying everything that a teenager wants. So, you got to set some limitations and ground rules when they start reaching that level of actually telling you what they want. Like, Mm -hmm. at this point, like, he doesn't know what he wants. He doesn't know what he needs. So, it's all on me. And I just want to make sure, like, everything he's got is... Good.
0: Yeah, I think it comes down to the personality. A lot of people enjoy shopping or a lot of people would mm. just almost as a hobby or something to do in your free time, just go to a store. And then when you're there, actually buy things. And that is very <laughs> foreign to me. As a mode of your lifestyle. I'd say I'm a shopper. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I like to go see things that are available, but I rarely buy anything. And then I realized when I first moved to Japan, I was 23 and you come over and you've basically got what you could carry in two suitcases, you know. Mm -hmm. So uh, you do need just a lot of things when you come over at first and relocate your life to another country. So... I was like shopping quite a lot because it was like, Oh, I don't even have a winter jacket. I moved in the summer. I have no winter jacket or I don't have a camera at all. And I felt like these are things that I needed. So I felt like I was shopping all the time. And then at a certain point in my mid twenties, I realized, Oh, I I have everything now. Sweet. (laughs) And then it just turned off like a light switch. And I'm still in that position. Like I now own everything (laughs) and there's no motivation in me to get anything else. I just (laughs) have everything. So it's Okay. And I was really, it was weird because in my mind, it was just like, oh, got to shop, got to shop, got to shop. And then after a couple of years of that, I accumulated the things and now that's over. Interesting. So you haven't needed to
1: upgrade that winter coat at all?
0: I honestly (laughs) still wear that winter coat. I bought it when I was 24 (laughs) and uh, that's my winter coat. Still good. I I took it to a seamstress a couple of times to get like zippers and pockets redone, but that's my winter coat. If I die in winter, I'll be buried in that coat. (laughs) Yeah, but that's how I roll, and it's kind of embarrassing. The shorts that I'm wearing right now, I got when I was in high school, and it's wow. like, well, I got shorts taken care of, so these shorts are over 20 yeah. years old.
1: There's no way I can fit in the shorts I had in high oh, yeah. school. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Elastic band for the for the waist, that's what's kept me going on these. Um, the T-shirt that I'm wearing now, a friend gave me, I mean, at least 16 years ago, so <laughs> kind of everything I have is just...
1: I think I just beat up my clothes too much. A shirt I had 10 years ago is literally (laughs) just a rag now. Oh, these are rags. Make no mistake. (laughs) Yours still looks like a shirt.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's technically still a shirt. That's good. Somebody said to me once um because i was wearing like a hoodie and around the sleeves like where you know the cuff of the sleeve they're they're really frayed Mm. and there were a couple of like worn spots on this hoodie that i was wearing and somebody said a few years ago like aren't you like embarrassed to wear like these really (laughs) frayed and worn out clothes (laughs) and i said no they're really useful because they always let you know which of your friends is so shallow as to point that kind of stuff out. <laughs> so I, I go on the hyper offensive and call people out on it. That's I would my...
1: never think that that would become an issue. I think maybe coming from America where like, you know, wearing like thrift store clothes or like, you know, clothes that are 20, 30 years old is pretty normal for people. Mm-hmm. But like, like Japan, that's like really unheard of. Almost. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Newness is the king in Japan for yeah. basically everything.
1: Although I've seen a lot of uh, stores in the mall now that have American specific thrift store clothing in them. Mm. And you'll walk by these places and dude, they have that thrift store smell. It's terrible. Oh man, <laughs> oh, they're yeah. so strong. It just like wafts out of there.
0: Yeah, dude. I went to a shop like that years ago because I have a lot of old American shirts and stuff. And I thought, man, they're charging like 30, 40 bucks for just random t-shirts. So I thought uh, maybe I can sell some of my old shirts to this guy that I want to get rid of. And I went in and he was like, oh, no, 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 we don't get shirts this way. We send someone to America to comb through the thrift stores (laughs) and they buy them and ship them back over. And I was like, all right, if you don't want a pile of equally good shirts to your stock right now for much less money, I guess that's your decision.
1: That's a crazy system. That seems stupid to me. Yeah, it blew me away. But
0: yeah, even the old thrift store looking thing in Japan still has to be done the proper way and has to be expensive. It's something my wife often... Uh, kind of complains about you know we lived in america for a couple of years and Mm. she was always happy to go to like goodwill or the salvation army or something because you Mm. can find unique cool stuff that's still good quality and it will literally cost a dollar at a place like that or like an old board game or whatever you know all the pieces are there sweet it's a dollar and in japan that's basically never an option you can't really just do that at any shop so there's no market for, there's like they took the low end out of the market in Japan and it's all medium to high end. That's pretty much your only option here.
1: Well, cause for, I think for a long time, like used stuff from other people had such a stigma to it. Like nobody wanted it. Mm-hmm. Now suddenly it's been, it been like, I don't know. It's become a trendy thing, mm-hmm. but there's not, there was never that market for it. It's high priced stuff now.
0: Yeah. And there's like no system that it can slot into. No. Uh, I often think about, you know, like something that's successful in the U.S. that there's not a version of in Japan. And there's Mm -hmm. many of sort of thing. A prime example is like a Goodwill or a Salvation Army, like a thrift store where everything's truly, truly very cheap. What if you picked up a Goodwill and dropped it into Japan and T-shirts were literally a dollar and pants for like three dollars or something? I think it would sink. I think it wouldn't be popular at all there would be like broad suspicion of why is this a dollar? I don't trust this at all. Get me out of here. You know, it would never like there's just not a mindset available for people to tap into where they would appreciate that sort of thing at that
1: price. But also it's like the uh, it's the whole thing behind those stores too. It's the whole charity aspect of those stores like Mm -hmm. people bring donations in a lot of that money goes to charities they go to help people and whatnot. You don't have that kind of culture in Japan where it's like, oh, Mm -hmm. we, we set up a charity to help these people yeah they just don't have that
0: yeah uh japan has so many public services that are already enshrined in Mm. the system or that are taken care of by the government that they simply don't need as much charity as the united states um there's not as much as a of a wealth gap and things like uh you know healthcare would never bankrupt you in japan so there's just like not this uh charity drive that needs to happen so Maybe it's like good on them a little bit that they've kind of taken care of these problems and almost eliminated some of the charity need.
1: Mm. All right, well, I think to uh, not make this episode too long, maybe we should move on to some Japanese of the day. Let's sail across the sea
0: to Japanese of the dayland. (laughs) Japanese of the day today is for baby wipes mm. which we must all be familiar with at this point uh it's funny because in english it's called baby wipe but we all know what we're wiping we're not wiping the whole baby head to toe with a baby wipe we're mm-hmm. wiping the ass primarily with a baby wipe and this is reflected in the japanese because the japanese for baby wipe is oshiri fuki. and the let's start with the fuki Fuki parts, uh, it comes from the verb fuku, which means to wipe. And then the oshidi is famously butt or ass. So uh, fuku is the verb, right? And then fuki could make it a noun. And mm-hmm. uh, oshidi fuki Therefore means directly ass wipe. And I've noticed it's like (laughs) a cultural sort of thing that Japanese people are just much more comfortable uh, discussing openly like things about the about going to the bathroom or, you know, bathroom functions or parts of the body. And in the West, you have to kind of tap dance around them. Uh, I mean, in the UK more so than the US, but definitely still in the US too. Uh, You couldn't imagine really like going into a shop and being like, "Uh, "Do you have ass wipes?" You know, to the counter staff (laughs) or whatever. There's just like it never comes up. There's always a word for it, like even restroom. You know, like you're not resting in there. Like it always has to be kind of. Around a bit. I always thought lavatory was weird. Yeah. I mean there's no lava at all. Yeah. You're not burrowing to the center of the earth in that room. (laughs) Uh so Oshitifuki, Oshidifuki, butt wipe or ass wipe, or as we would call it, baby wipe. Nice. That's how we roll, make things a bit gentler. So that's Japanese of the day and we can squeeze in some dad jokes here at the end. Sounds good. I got a couple. You? I've got a couple as well. Uh, you can do the honors. All right. Why did Waldo go to therapy? Um, he felt lost.
1: Oh, to find himself. Okay. Good. Good. Yeah. <laughs> that works. I guess I should say to the to the people who don't know that Waldo he's mm. also. Wal- yeah, most I think around most of the world he's Wally.
0: Yeah, where's Wally? I think in the UK he's Wally, and then that transferred to Japan and he's yeah. called Wally. Uh, we got Waldo. Don't know why. It would be interesting to look into. Have no idea though. Uh, my first dad joke. What's brown and sticky? a Stick. Ping pong. Very well.
1: Done. <laughs> Classic. It isn't brown. and sticky. All right. Why did the Oreo go to the dentist?
0: Why did the Oreo go to the dentist? I don't know why.
1: It lost its filling. <laughs> mm hmm. Mm hmm. It's
0: <laughs> good. It's very good. Uh, right. Last one here. Why did the scarecrow win
1: an award? He was outstanding in his field. Perfect. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah exactly right wow you <laughs> ran the table on dad jokes today
1: oh nice
0: tres on press eve all
1: right let's get out of here
0: thank you for listening we hope this week's episode was informative and interesting if you have any questions or comments please reach out to us either on twitter at j podcast or by email at info at talk to you next time you later